in this week's market update. A pivotal week for interest rate policy, tech stock earnings are in focus and China's reopening is in the spotlight after the new year break. Well, after a strong start to 2023, the future path of financial markets is more than ever in the hands of the world's central banks in a big week for interest rates. With rate setting meetings in the US, UK and Europe, we should have a clearer idea by the end of the week how far rates are going in the current cycle and how long they're likely to stay at peak levels. That's key for the path of both stock and bond markets because an optimistic scenario of a lower peak followed by a fairly rapid retreat from restrictive policy is now baked into prices. The rally in shares and bonds at the end of 2022 and into the current year has been built on the belief that a soft landing can be engineered. That Goldilocks scenario would see falling inflation, lower interest rates and only a mild recession or none at all. For many market watchers, that all feels too optimistic. They can't quite see how the Fed can get on top of inflation without causing any damage to the economy. And the Fed itself has been clear that it is committed to winning the fight on prices. So the outcomes of this week's meetings will be key. Coming alongside a still busy earnings schedule, including this week some of the biggest names in the tech sector, this could be a pivotal week for investors. First up on Wednesday will be the Federal Reserve. After last year's four three-quarter point hikes and then a further half-point increase in December, the hope is that the Fed will this week return to the quarter-point adjustment in the policy rate that has been the norm in recent years. The easier approach to tightening reflects a softening in the inflation rate in America to the most recent 6.5% reading, still above the 2% target, but the lowest since October 2021. The Fed meeting comes after last week's confirmation that the US economy grew a bit faster than expected in the fourth quarter, at an annual rate of 2.9% against expectations of 26 Slower inflation and higher growth raises hopes that the soft landing is a realistic expectation. If that's achievable, it would be reasonable to see rates peaking at around 5%. The question is then how long they stay there. Markets expect a fairly rapid fall to 3%. The Fed thinks rates will stay higher for longer. On this side of the pond, both the Bank of England and the ECB are announcing their rate decisions on Thursday. Here in the UK, another 0.5 percentage point hike is penciled in to take the base rate to 4% from a historic low of just 0.1% in late 2021. The pressure is still on the bank to get on top of rising prices and it's particularly focused on wages, which continue to rise much faster than before the pandemic. Unemployment is low and vacancies high, and that means that employers are forced to pay up to find suitable workers. Private sector pay rises were running at over 7% in November. It's the housing market where rising interest rates are most obvious to most people. Coupled with reduced confidence in the government's credibility following September's ill-fated mini-budget, mortgage rates are running at much higher levels than we've got used to in the UK, with the sticker shock delayed in many cases by the prevalence of fixed-rate mortgages. As these run off over the next year or two, many people are facing a big hike in the cost of financing their home loans. The hope now is that, as in the US, UK interest rates are not far away from peaking as inflation starts to roll over. 
A peak of around 4.5% looks plausible, which should mean that mortgage rates can settle down after their recent volatility and borrowers can once again plan ahead with some confidence. In Europe, a 0.5 percentage point hike is also pretty much a done deal, with Christine Lagarde, president of the ECB, promising to stay the course in the battle with inflation. Although inflation is a little lower in Europe than in the UK, the economy on the continent is arguably in better shape and a bit stronger than economists feared last year in the wake of the war in Ukraine and the higher energy costs that that brought to the region. The expectation that interest rates are close to the top has been good news for stock markets, but it's also seen money pouring into bond markets too. Government bonds are the obvious beneficiary of lower rates, but corporate bonds have come back into favour too. The difference between the yield on a government bond and that on a corporate, known as the spread, has narrowed slightly in recent weeks to the extent that some more sceptical observers believe the corporate bond market is priced for perfection. Interest rates are important, but so too are company earnings. The bottom line for the level of the market is the level of company profits and the price that investors are willing to pay for those earnings. So, results season is also in the spotlight at the moment, and so far, the news is reasonably encouraging. With about 140 of the 500 biggest US companies having reported so far on their fourth quarter results, about 70% have beaten expectations. That's pretty normal and reflects the fact that companies try to play down expectations ahead of the announcement, so investors end up being marginally relieved when the actual figure emerges. And those forecasts have been coming down for some time, so that the outlook for 2023 as a whole is now for roughly no growth at all, with a 10% bounce back penciled in for next year. Again, that would represent a pretty soft landing. Typically, if there's a recession, earnings would fall quite sharply, so today's forecasts are pointing to no recession or a very mild one at worst. The important question then is how much investors are prepared to pay for that tepid earnings outlook. Well, last year saw a decline in valuations of roughly a third, which probably prices in most of the earnings outlook, and it's not uncommon for valuations to start rising even as actual earnings are still falling. That can keep markets flat even when the headlines are discouraging. This goes some way to explaining the current state of the market. After last year's declines in share prices, markets are bang in line with previous bear markets. Where we go from here depends on which of those previous downturns becomes the template. So if we follow the big downturns in 2000 and in 1973, well, there could be further to go. Similar bear markets in the 1960s and the 1940s, however, paint a brighter picture. Perhaps the situation that is closest to the current one is the recovery after the Second World War, when a resurgence in demand stoked higher inflation. Then the market moved sideways for several years, testing its previous lows a few times before finally starting to move higher. So it does seem plausible that we could test last October's low once or twice more before investors are able to confidently look through a slowing economy and lower earnings. Meanwhile, on the other side of the world, the outlook is definitely brighter. China is back this week from its New Year holiday, and it's a different place from even just a few weeks ago. The end of COVID restrictions promises a big reopening resurgence in consumer demand, and the government looks more inclined to support growth in key areas like the property market, 
and to be less aggressive in its regulation of key future growth areas like technology. Well, the stock market has picked up on that change in mood with some dramatic rallies in key markets like Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index, which is nearly 50% higher than it was last autumn. The reopening of the Chinese economy is having important knock-on effects in a wide range of other markets too. European shares, for example, have benefited as that region is a big exporter of machinery, cars and luxury goods to China. Other markets in Asia are big beneficiaries from the return of Chinese tourists, notably Japan. And rising demand from China also shows up in commodity markets too, with the prices of iron ore and copper rising sharply since October. Reopening in China could add a few dollars to the price of a barrel of oil too. Please be aware the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, so you may not get back what you invest. This information does not constitute investment advice and should not be used as the basis for any investment decision, nor should it be treated as a recommendation for any investment. Investors should also note that the views expressed may longer be current and may have already been acted upon. Reference to specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Fidelity Personal Investing does not give personal recommendations. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to an authorised financial advisor. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. It is meant for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on Fidelity or the recipient. Issued by Financial Administration Services Limited, authorised and regulated in the UK by the Financial Conduct Authority. Fidelity, Fidelity International, the Fidelity International logo and F symbol are trademarks of FIL Limited.